0: we are back with another episode of the brick house podcast i'm bob johnson
1: and i'm matt baker bob if the people want to find us they can find us at brick house pod on twitter BrickhousePodcast.com. go to itunes rate and review the the old podcast there
0: we really appreciate it when you do
1: a lot of people uh like to be five star reviewed and i would say we are two of those
0: people <laughs> we're like your local uber driver yeah we're back in Los Angeles where 96 degrees feels like a cool, crisp morning breeze after sitting on the surface of the sun in Las Vegas Summer League. Chris Paul actually had his first press conference with the Houston Rockets the other day. It was very H-Town. <laughs> yeah. I lived in Houston for a few years, so my wife, she didn't really understand the reference. Well, there was it was a 25-minute press conference. I saw that this one quote was in there. I'll read you the quote, but I, I had watched the entire press conference to really understand the context. Right. It ended up being the very last question of the press conference. The reporter asked Chris Paul, Chris, now that you're in Houston, do you plan on getting a grill made? Nice. Chris started to respond. Yeah, I think D'Antoni and Daryl Morey were on either side of Paul for the, for the press conference. And DeAntoni leaned in. He's like, I think you need to get a smoker. Which Chris Paul is like, no, nah, it's not what they're talking <laughs> about, Coach. A grill <laughs> yeah. on your teeth, man.
1: I was going to ask if someone uh, chopped and screwed the uh, <laughs> the press conference yet, Bob.
0: Yeah, it was really slow. It was actually yeah. a five-minute press conference, <laughs> but when you slow it down. Yeah. Uh, another question. Chris Paul has a good way of just repeating a person's question to uh, make them sound like they're stupid. and It was a stupid question. Someone asked him about the possibility of Carmelo Anthony playing with him on the Rockets. Chris responded, the possibility? Hey, boss, I'm just trying to get through this press conference. had <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last question. Well, there was a lot of questions. Funny one, I thought. Asked if he'd adjust to the Rockets, Chris said, I'm never going to shoot another mid-range shot a day in my life. Nor should you. <laughs> oh, actually, the one more thing was, People asked him how his conversations with James Harden have gone so far. He said, there was. we went into a room, there was a basketball in the room, and we were fighting over it. <laughs> Fake the drama. It's now mid-July, which means there's been a lot of movement around the NBA. There's been a lot of trades, a lot of free agents going to new destinations. Before all the draft and free agency happened, we introduced our latest segment, which is Speculators. <laughs> Speculators. We speculate any dealings of front offices, and we're damn good too. But you can't just say trades that might be. you got to make the headlines to stand out. It's 2017.
1: Speculators!
0: Speculators segment is multifaceted. You can speculate about where players are going to go and why. And after they move, you can also speculate about why they chose their specific destination sure. for free agents or yes. why the front offices chose to trade them. For. Speculators
1: is not limited to uh, the future. It's
0: also limited to the or not limited to past and present. We speculate on any dealings <laughs> any. of front offices. Yeah. I saw that James Harden, reportedly started recruiting carmelo anthony at fashion week in paris Mm. okay i speculate that their conversation went something like this james if you like strippers you're gonna love houston let me show you around now you would think that the speculation would be about fashion and clothes it's quite ironic, actually, because they weren't bonding over clothes, Matt, but women without clothes. Oh, wow. Fashion week. Fashion week. Strippers. h out. <laughs> you know, Damari Carroll got traded
1: to the Nets. Oh, Basically, I saw that. the salary dump where the Nets first got the first and second round picks. Right. This is next-level Masai Ujiri scheming, though. Oh. It's not just a salary dump. What he realized is Carroll might not help him anymore, but he might still have something left in the tank. If LeBron leaves Cleveland, who's Toronto's main competition in the East? Boston. Boston. Right. So who has all, who has the Nets picks for the next few years? Oh, Boston. Boston. So all he needs is Damari Carroll to go there and get a win or two or three. Just add Somewhat, I think three wins gets you in the playoffs in the East this year. <laughs> <laughs> right. But now that Brooklyn has uh, D'Angelo Russell. Right. They're trying to build somewhat of a And team. Mozgov. Yes. I, yeah. <laughs> so basically this is Masayu Jiri trying to add wins to the Nets. So maybe Boston won't get a top three pick for the third year in a row. That's good.
0: Helping Toronto in the future. <laughs> It's got to go back to Lonzo. July 2017 is yeah. the month of Lonzo Ball. And the other day, he was playing in his first game of the elimination tournament in the Summer League. Right. And instead of wearing the big baller brand, Zo2s, he wore purple Kobe Bryant yes. Nikes. Yeah. So did his teammate uh, Kuzma. Is that anything? Kyle Kuzma. Kyle yeah. Kuzma. You would think that this is just a coincidence. But the people that were in attendance for this game, I found not a coincidence. Who was in attendance? That was one LeBron James. Okay. Who was sitting next to Lynn Merritt. Mm-hmm. Now, Lynn Merritt is a brand ambassador for Nike. Okay. In, in fact, he's in charge of LeBron's image as far as Nike is concerned. He's the, the executive tied to LeBron sneakers. I heard that they were, quote, smiling when they saw those Nikes on Lonzo. So... How do the Lakers get LeBron, right? That's the big question. Lonzo would really benefit from having LeBron as a teammate. So would the other 449 guys in the NBA, sure, of course. Sure, sure. But what if this is all a way for Lonzo to get a licensing deal from Nike for the big baller brand? Why would LeBron be into it? Because he gets a piece, too. This is LeBron Ooh, we're talking about. Okay. And he might even occasionally wear that big baller brand shoe, if it were Nike, indoors. Sure. Not next year, of course. Not while he plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So LeBron got this billion-dollar, supposed billion-dollar lifetime deal with Nike. Right. right? And he is on the warpath to become the first-ever or second-ever billionaire owner of a basketball team, a player who becomes an owner, just like Michael Jordan. He wants to make a bunch of money, hangs out with Warren Buffett. You know what could really damage this image as lebron not only being a genius player but a genius businessman if lonzo ball comes in makes a shoe that looks like a kobe seven and makes a billion dollars by the time he's 25 on selling his own him, yeah lebron has to get in on this make his own money and also stop lonzo ball from oh. from jumping over him so it's a preemptive strike on
1: lonzo helping out what appears to look like he's helping out Lonzo. He's actually stunting him a little bit, stunting the growth of the big baller brand. Exactly. You
0: know who's a bigger corporation than the NBA? Nike. You know, Nike, I think, it's quite possible... ...that they sent Kevin Durant to the Warriors... ...or encouraged Kevin Durant to go to the Warriors... ...so that they could lower the value of the Steph Curry Under Armour shoes. Okay. Which exactly is what happened. Yeah. Steph Curry's shoes went way down in sales. The stock plummeted by over 25%, I believe, last year at one point. This would be another way, too. If Lonzo continues to hold out on Nike... Next year, LeBron James goes to the Los Angeles Lakers. Immediately, he's obviously the big star, eclipsing Lonzo Ball's star power, which we saw in Vegas is bright. It's bright. This is just a way of LeBron covering all of his bases. He signs with Nike, he gets a piece. He doesn't sign with Nike, he goes to the Lakers, destroys the big baller brand. Wow. While receiving alley-oops from Lonzo Ball. That's amazing. Speculators! Oh, and the last part about it, that game, LeBron posted on his Instagram a shot of Lonzo Ball's shoes and then sort of panned up like, you know, they pan up on any woman's legs or yeah. Jessica Rabbit. He had three words in his message with this Instagram tweet. Just do it. Oh, wow. Plain is day. Wow.
1: Wow. Speculators. <laughs> Bob, I have a speculation about the least threatening point guard signing in free agency. Rondo. Uh, we might have one coming up, but this is one Raymond Felton. Oh yes, Clippers lost him. Lost is a strong word. Bob. It's like losing weight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's going to the Thunder. Right. He's not only the least threatening point guard signing. He might not even be good at all.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: Okay, <laughs> but. You know what this does? This plays completely to the ego of one Russell Westbrook, because you're not going to bring in anyone who can threaten Westbrook. They even traded Cameron Payne, who was not necessarily a threat to Westbrook. but was young enough that, you know, sometimes the, the youngsters, they clamor, they want the youngsters.
0: There's a Game of Thrones uh, season seven premiere tonight. Would you say that Westbrook is pulling a little finger type maneuver getting raymond felton on the team
1: yeah usually that is the (laughs) go-to the little finger he's definitely up there in terms of what he does best (laughs) it contrasts to what raymond felton does or westbrook whoever he is in this scenario so basically this is a hundred percent the thunder of saying see we need you to resign don't go chasing another job because this is your job here, and you're the only person that can do this. See, we're bringing in other people. They can't do this as well as you. It's just purely the Raymond Felton is a purely Westbrook ego play.
0: Yeah. If you leave, you're leaving the city of Oklahoma in the hands and the chubby fingers yeah. of <laughs> yeah. Raymond Felton. Yeah. That's a good one, Matt. I think that's accurate. I saw that Sham Sarnaya... Nice. Release. <laughs> I think I just
1: said. <laughs> nice. You said his name. I saw him. Yeah. Summerlee. Yeah. I saw that
0: he tweeted the NBA has approved to change its trade deadline for the 2017 18 season to the second Thursday, February 8th, which is 10 days before the All Star break. Wow. Yeah, 10 days. Adam Silver said the deadline was moved up so traded players can use the break to get settled with their new teams. Start of the season bumped up. So the timing made sense, too. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the reason is, but you know what I know is not the reason? That they're moving around the entire NBA schedule because they're worried, like, Doug McDermott can't find an apartment in Oklahoma City. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no, I don't buy that for a second. (laughs) You know what I do think is possible, though? The NBA is trying to do something about how out of hand tampering is getting. This is a, akin to the cleanliness of a Bill Lambeer game in the 80s with the, the tampering that's going on right now, right? And when you get 100 agents, managers, superstars under one roof, the gloves come off really fast. We started to see people talking at Summer League. We see Sean Marks talking to Masai Ujiri. Hours later, trade between right. the Nets and the Raptors. You know, At least if they have to talk on the phone and stuff, you know, maybe they're not going to yet just as egregious with their tampering. Right. I know this is never going to stop agents. You know, agents, it's it's like medical marijuana. The Pandora's box has been opened. It's opened. But Adam Silver's trying to rein it in a little bit wherever he can. But if I'm an NBA, I'm going to ask myself, is this really a problem? Were we just at Summer League? We saw all these guys making these trades. Fans love the movement. Every trade deadline, people want more trades, not less trades. But if an all-star does get traded just before the game, it makes for some pretty interesting storylines. Sure, if he's told in the press conference after the game or before the game that he's just been traded to New Orleans. That was funny. That was funny to watch DeMarcus Cousins' face change when he he learned in front of the media he was traded. I love New Orleans. But what if this Westbrook-Paul George pairing doesn't work out, for example? And right before the trade lo- deadline, the Thunder realize shoot, you know, if we can just get Kyle Kuzma yeah. for Paul George, we ought to do it because this guy's clearly gone. And then not only does Russell Westbrook have to share the court with fellow all-star Kevin Durant, but he now has to share the court with L.A. Laker Paul George, <laughs> assuming he makes the all-star team. It's going to be pretty That's pretty, great. pretty competitive. Who does Westbrook pass to? Nobody? Does he show up in a floor-length coat made of cupcakes? We could only hope
1: <laughs> Another simple one But it might be overlooked I have a, speculators about revenge Oh We like revenge, right? Game
0: of Thrones theme is strong
1: Yes <laughs> Littlefinger and <the> Targaryen Darnerian. <laughs> the, the Queen of Dragons Dave Yeager Right, King, mi- Coach Mild-mannered does he look like he would be one for revenge? Well, he is. <laughs> was the coach of the Grizzlies, right? Successful coach. Grizzlies apparently didn't want to pay him what they thought, what other people thought he was worth. So he jumped at that big payday with the Kings. Scorned a little bit. He yeah, was upset naturally. What do you do to get back at your former team? You ensure that Ben Mclemore leaves the Kings and signs with the Grizzlies. Brilliant. It's very under the radar, and there are not a lot of moving pieces to it. But if you if you look, it's there. Jaeger, was he making five, six million at the, with the Kings? I should like hope that?
0: so. He's on the Kings.
1: So Ben Mclemore is making five million the next two years. So in Jaeger's mind, it's you don't want me for five million. Well, you can take this guy for <laughs> five million. So yeah, it's simple, but it's there,
0: Bob. I like it. I have a Kings-related speculation myself. See, the past few months, the Kings have been making what I would call not terrible decisions. <laughs> yeah. It can all be linked, I think, speculating, to the hiring of Scott Perry, okay, who was fired from Orlando when, yeah. uh, when the GM was fired. He was assistant GM in Orlando. But now the New York Knicks came in and made an offer to Scott Perry to be the head GM. Now, I speculate and... This is really not going on, uh, out on a limb here. That James Dolan saw three months worth of decisions that were not terrible mm-hmm. by the Sacramento Kings. And he knows that Vivek, Ronadive, and Vladi Divok are not easy to work with guys. Sure. They've even made documentaries about their, their meddlesomeness and uh, non-understanding of, of basketball or how to put a team together. So he thought to himself, Okay, well if he can deal with Vivek, I'll hire him because I'm gonna meddle too. Nice. And he's gonna he's already used to it, right? Yeah. That's not going too far out on a limb. But similar to your Maasai sabotaging the Boston Celtics, right. I feel like James Dolan saw Scott Perry making these moves that made that had people writing articles like, Wow, the Kings are making good decisions. Oh. They're making New York the punching bag for all of the worst decisions, the worst franchise in the NBA. Right. James Dolan is not abide by that. He wants the Sacramento Kings to be the worst franchise. They'll take all the spotlight for the dysfunction yeah. away from the New York Knicks. It's a job for shows like Brickhouse to pile on the most dysfunctional teams in the NBA. Yeah, James Dolan has his fingers crossed that taking away Scott Perry, maybe it'll help his team, but hopefully it'll hurt the Kings team. You got more speculation over there, Matt?
1: Yeah, I have one about the Utah Jazz, and it has to do with Joe Ingles re-signing in Utah. That was a big deal. Yeah, so if you know our draft game, one of the questions in the our Brickhouse NBA draft game, bonus question, is who will draft more white players, Utah or Indiana? Right. Utah has a reputation to uphold, Bob. Let me just go back a little history here over okay. the past few years of Utah transactions. Obviously, this year they lost white guy Gordon Hayward. The best white
0: guy, too. The best white that guy. That
1: hurts. This draft, they drafted Tyler Lydon, but he was part of a trade to Denver. Okay. So it was the old uh, gotcha on drafting a white guy there. <laughs> 2015, they drafted Danny Diaz, a Spaniard, but he was traded to Portland. Okay. Okay. I looked him up. I wanted to see what he looked like. Yeah. White guy, Bob.
0: Complexion, yeah. Tra- tra- like, traded Like Pau Gasol. Sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. But they traded him. 2013, they drafted Raul Neto, white complexion, but he's Brazilian. I'll take it. Okay. 2011... They drafted Inez Cantor, Turk from Turkey. White Turkey, complexion. yeah. The last I looked it up, the last white American white guy they drafted and kept, Gordon Hayward in 2010. Wow. So they still have this reputation, this maybe not deserved reputation, but you know a reputation nonetheless. So they had to re-sign Joe Ingles to make sure that stuck. They had to sign Jonas Jerebko, and okay. then they traded for white complexion Ricky Rubio right from the Timberwolves these were moves to maybe improve the team or keep the team functioning but also mainly they had the reputation they had to uphold
0: when you lose the best white guy in the NBA you got to at least replace him with two more
1: yeah this uh, the brickhouse reputation is far reaching so
0: well that was great speculation i want to go into uh, another section the changes changes segment oh, uh- now this normally is about players moving teams but we've got multiple segments about that already on the show today these are changes that affect the rules oh wow yeah the rules of the nba quickly will tell you what to look forward to they're trying to speed up the game they experimented with you know, in the D League, cutting down quarters from 12 minutes to 11 minutes, and seeing how that worked. How'd it work? I don't think it really changed that much. I was, I didn't, uh, I didn't really follow it, but it seems silly to cut a minute off the quarters. But these changes, I think, are a much better way to speed up the game. I'll tell you what they are. So, the NBA Board of Governors has voted to reduce the maximum numbers of timeouts per game by four. Right. So it's now gone from 18 to 14. Also, the NBA will limit teams to two time two timeouts in the final three minutes of the game. Okay, yeah. that'll stop the last two minutes there, the last three minutes of the game from lasting three hours. Although it is great for wives or girlfriends when they're just like, "I want to watch something else." How much is left? It's just like, "Hey, just three yeah. three, three minutes, thirty, minutes, 30 three seconds. Minutes, three minutes. No big deal." Yeah. You know? And halftime will last 15 minutes for all games, beginning immediately upon expiration of the second period. A delay of game penalty will be issued if a team is not ready to start play at the expiration of the halftime nice. clock. So there, the clocks actually mean something. Oh, and this one, I think, is <laughs> the biggest change. New rule on NBA timeouts? No such thing as 20-second timeouts anymore. Interesting. Now all timeouts are 75 seconds long, and they're actually going to police it. You know? The 20-second yeah. timeout was a laughingstock because they would go to like three one-minute commercials during yeah. the 20-second timeout. Right. The last wrinkle is teams, or they're trying hard to schedule it so that the marquee national TV games on Saturday night on ABC have both teams coming off at least one day of rest. Okay. So they can avoid the problems they've had before. That's, yeah, no, that's good. Resting superstars. Yeah. Matt, we like to play a game occasionally on Brick House when players are getting new contracts it's called NBA Contract Prices, right? Step right up. You are the contestant today. Okay. James Harden. Just signed an extension that brings his value over the next six years to $228 million. Right. The biggest contract in NBA history. Matt, is that more or less than the net worth of Jimmy Buffett, singer, that's, entrepreneur? I'll say that's less, less, Bob. That is correct. Yeah. Jimmy Buffett's net worth is $400 million. That's crazy.
1: You, That's where you... To be fair, you... <laughs> talked about that in Las Vegas a
0: little bit. I did. uh... I did go to Margaritaville. Yeah. While we were in Las Vegas. And I was really excited to go. First of all, my dad's a big fan of Jimmy Buffett. Listened to him growing up. I like cheeseburgers in paradise as much as the next guy. Uh, But I also wanted to see this restaurant. I'd never been to one before. They have guys on stilts walking around making balloon animals, balloon hats for the kids. They had this like mermaid stripper girl that runs around and gets dunked in a tank of water. Sounds a lot like Casa Bonita, but yeah. <laughs> I can see why we... I could see why Buffett is raking in the money. Yeah. You know what's funny about this James Harden contract extension though? It is almost three times what Leslie Alexander paid for the Houston Rockets. Wow. In nineteen ninety three. Leslie Alexander bought the team for eighty-five million dollars. That's insane. Matt, do you know who the top two richest musicians are? Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. He's in the top like five or six. Okay. But the top two. Would it just be Dre and Puff Daddy? Those guys are top five as well. But number one, living a billionaire, living? living yeah. Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. He's a billionaire. And number two, this one I had to look up even who the guy is, Herb Alpert. Yeah. Were you going to get that one? Yeah. (laughs) From Game of Thrones? He's from the Tijuana Brass Band. Apparently he had some good contracts
1: or something. He? How much is he? He's so he's under just under a billion. Or? Herb
0: Alpert, yeah, he's worth like seven hundred, eight hundred million, something like that.
1: Five number one albums, twenty eight albums total on the Billboard chart, nine Grammys, fourteen platinum albums, fifteen gold albums, sold seventy two million records worldwide, which isn't which is a ton, but it's not a billion ton. He's had to have had a bunch of songs and commercials
0: and movies and and all that, right? I would think so. But let's continue our Game of the Prices right here, Matt. Okay. Next one is the signing of Nick Young. Nick Young got $5.3 million from Golden State. Is that more or less money than each episode of Game of Thrones Season 7? There are going to be seven episodes yeah. in Season 7. Is each episode more or less than Nick Young's $5.3 million? More. Game of Thrones is estimated to be spending $10 million per episode. Because there's seven episodes rather than 10, it gives Game of Thrones a 42% increase in budget per episode if they're evenly distributed. Right. And it's probably just all goes to one episode with all the drag and CGI. Yeah. Okay, Matt. Tim Hardaway Jr. Got a strange offer from the New York Knicks that they, they were competing against no one on and some, for some reason offered him $71 million. Prompting the guy from the New York Knicks podcast to post on the almighty baller Slack simply, I hate the Knicks. <laughs> now, Matt, is $71 million more or less than domestic box office sales of the movie Baby Driver? Tickets to the movie. Baby oh no, Driver.
1: Baby Drivers, way more than seventy-one million. That is correct. Although way more, I don't know, okay. seventy-six
0: million. Okay, is I, how much Baby Driver has made say, to date.
1: Baby Driver was in the like, top three most top three or five
0: most seen movies for like months. It Have was, you seen it yet? No. Oh man, you it see is it? Good. Yeah. You watched it? I recommend it. A uh, interesting fun fact about Tim Hardaway Junior. Oh
1: wait, Jr. I was thinking Boss Baby. Boss, ba-
0: <laughs> boss Baby is killing
1: Tim yeah, Hardaway Yeah, no, Jr. I want to see what Boss Baby. <laughs> I totally. I, I'm getting my baby movies. Uh, my baby movies. They did come out. Up. I think
0: at back to back weekends. A little confusing.
1: First you be the baby driver, then you be the boss baby. Which one? Yeah, Tim Hardaway Jr. Boss Baby made almost $500 million, oh dollars, Bob. That's why, I was, that's why I thought way more. <laughs> have you seen that one? No. And then as soon as you said, have you seen it, it's pretty good. It's like, Bob's seen Boss
0: Baby? <laughs> oh, he said Baby Driver. Okay, sorry. Okay. Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract is, is higher than people expected, right? Sure. Fun fact I found. What do Tim Hardaway Jr.'s $71 million contract... James Johnson of the Heat's $60 million contract, the aforementioned Joe Ingles' $52 million contract, and Taj Gibson's $28 million contract have in common. Same agent, Bob? Same agent, Matt. <laughs> okay. Mark Bartlestein. Oh, uh, old Mark Bartlestein. Just when you thought he was down. Oh, good news for you, Matt. Also Zach Collins' agent. Great. Some other people, he's like agent to a third of the people in the NBA. But some other guys who have gotten some awesome contracts recently Damari Carroll. Right. Jared Dudley. And he's even the agent for Gordon Hayward. So I'd look out for what Jabari Parker gets next season. Also a client of Mark Bartlstein. Bartlstein's had a good summer. Good year. Okay, so we've played the Price is Right NBA game. Now we're going to play a new game. New segment. I like to call this game, What Team Is That Guy On? There's <laughs> been a lot of movement. The NBA shortened contract lengths so they would have more interest like the NFL with players moving teams all the time. Matt and I are going to throw names at each other and see how well we know the NBA or how well we've kept up over it while... Drowning in my ties in Las Vegas, Matt. Do you know what team Justin Holiday plays for? Oh man. Is <laughs> he on the Hawks? He is signed with the Chicago the Bulls. Bulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two years, nine million dollars. Off to a, off to a rough start. Off to a rough. <laughs> Dwayne Deadman, Bob. Dwayne Deadman was signed by the Spurs East, Atlanta Hawks. There you go. Michael Carter Williams. Oh, man. 2013 Rookie of the Year. Michael Carter Williams signed with the the Magic. He signed a one-year, $2.7 million deal with the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets, yeah. Went in, went, that was a tough one. Shelvin Mack. Shelvin Mack signed with the G League. Yeah. The Magic, <laughs> Bob. The Magic. Pretty close. How about Langston Galloway? The next person on my list to ask you <laughs> signed with the Pistons, Bob. Do we think Stan Van Gundy is officially reaching Doc Rivers' GM territory here? I mean, he gave Langston Galloway three years $21 million. Right at the start of free agency, yeah, too. that's a lot. Okay, so you already knew that one, so let me ask you a different one. Tim Quarterman. Houston Rockets. Signed, traded to the Clippers. This... This is a trick question. I think Daryl Morey invented Tim Quarterman yeah. on NBA 2K just so he could have enough dead <laughs> contracts to uh, to get Chris Paul.
1: Looking around, what should I name him? He saw a quarter. He's like, Tim Quarterman.
0: I actually saw that the Clippers moved him to Portland recently, but no one really cares since his move to the team is really only theoretical. He's not getting on any airplanes Yeah, when Tim Quarterman's name's involved in a trade. All right, give me another one.
1: In honor of Game of Thrones, Geoffrey (laughs) LaVrugner.
0: Geoffrey LaVrugner. King Joffrey. Yeah. King Joffrey left the Chicago Bulls and signed with the Spurs. The Spurs, yes. And again, just, you know, the Bulls threaten the Knicks and the Kings to be the most dysfunctional franchise in the NBA this upcoming season. Mm Mm-hmm. We've always said if the Spurs want someone on your team, give that guy money. You know, right? Like, don't let him go to the Spurs. Yeah, they they clearly
1: know more than you. Which makes it awkward that they didn't want Jonathan Simmons,
0: um, Jamal Crawford, Matt.
1: Jamal Crawford, come on, come he, on, Jamal.
0: He's on the Timberwolves. That is correct. He's <laughs> going to make Tom Thibodeau pull out whatever hair he has left. Yeah. CJ Miles. Oh, CJ Miles is on toronto toronto correct he was traded for Corey joseph Corey joseph i was gonna ask you about instead i will ask you about tabo cephalosha oh cephalosha i just saw this they signed him despite him not being a white guy utah utah jazz they signed cephalosha (laughs) okay amir johnson Amir Johnson is on the Philadelphia 76ers. That's right. He got a one-year. Second highest paid player on the team to my man, J.J. Redick. Yeah. Bogdan Bogdanovich, Matt. Not Boyan. Yeah. Bogdanovich. Oh, wow. But Bogdan. Bogdan's the one on the Kings. Correct. Okay. A rookie and going to be the highest paid player on the Kings. Well, I guess that was until they signed George Hill. Yeah. I was going to ask you about Raymond Felton, but we already talked about him. Jeff Green. Jeff Green. (laughs) I saw someone tweet that the Cleveland Cavaliers may be the last team to fall for signing Jeff Green. Yeah.
1: There you go. Just to, to go back real quick to Mark Bartlstein. I looked him up. You said he has Zach Collins. Not only does he have Zach Collins, he has Matt Bolden. He has both Pargo brothers. He has... Kevin Pangos. He has Elias Harris. He has Roni Turioff.
0: He has Mark Few on payroll. Yeah, later and
1: set. he has Kim Tilly, who is the brother of current Gonzaga player Killian Tilly. Wow. You yeah. have Dan Dickow on that list. No Dickow. <laughs> but oh, he has Adam. Mor- he had Adam Morrison too. So not a coincidence. I think he just set up shop at uh,
0: Gonzaga. That's awesome. Good job, Mark. Let's get into our diss of the week. We have a few this week, Matt. Yo mama is so fat! I don't know if you saw the ESPYs Peyton Manning hosted. I did. I enjoyed it. I did as well. And he, his opening monologue was pretty funny, although mm-hmm. Kevin Durant was not impressed. Do you think that was real? I heard that Kevin Durant was in on the joke. Yeah. But Peyton Manning said, The U.S. gymnastics team was so good this year, Kevin Durant wants to join the team. <laughs> Kevin Durant didn't, didn't smile. He didn't even really flinch. When uh, the cameras went to him after Manning delivered that punchline. Certainly didn't laugh. Sure. Oh, I saw Dwight Howard got into it with a couple of fans. At H Stinson six tweeted at Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard has been passed around more than the offering basket at church. (laughs) To which Dwight replied, what about your moms? She's been passed around more than the ball does for the Spurs. Shrug emoji. Dwight Howard said that? Dwight Howard firing back at Pimple faced fifteen year olds. <laughs> yeah. Didn't stop there. Then at J Nuge twenty seven tweeted at Dwight Howard, you get passed around more than a blunt. Dwight Howard fired back. This was just this morning. Yeah. You smoke a blunt, your lungs explode, bird chest little boy. <laughs> 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 to be fair, Jay Nuge 27 is really skinny and is wearing a Larry Bird jersey nice. in his uh, Twitter avatar. Bird
1: chest. So it's just literal <laughs> bird chest.
0: <laughs> but Dwight does seem to offer a lot of information about knowing about blunt smoke. Oh, and uh, this was a great diss, Matt. On NBA Reddit, one poster compiled a picture of what Derrick Rose would look like on all 30 NBA teams. Did you see this? Oh. Yeah, he he went in, got different pictures, put them together to show what Derrick Rose would look like on all 30 teams. And it's 30 pictures of Derrick Rose sitting in a suit on the bench. <laughs> 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 Pretty uh, good. <great. laughs> that's awesome. I need to see this. A couple more. On Twitter, I saw someone tweeted, D'Angelo snitched and look where he went. And it was a picture of him in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Nick Young was real and look where he ended up. Golden State Warriors. Oh, and the last one. This one's good. Apparently, Charles Oakley is a chef now. He's an aspiring chef and caterer. He came early to the Boca outing, entered the club's kitchen, grabbed an apron, spent the morning making macaroni and cheese, ribs, and greens. Oakley. Okay. So he was told of a skirmish that day in the NBA playoff game between the Celtics' Kelly O'Linick and the Wizards' Kelly Oubre Jr. Oakley paused and appeared confused and then... Quote, said, you're telling me there's two in the league named Kelly (laughs) (laughs) Charles Oakley on the next episode of Brick House. I'm excited to announce, although a little nervous, we might be starting our season previews two weeks early. Thanks to Adam Silver and the NBA. Great. We're moving the season up by 10 days to October 17th. It means we've got some work to do. If there's anything people want to see in this year's previews, you can contact us through our website at BrickHousePodcast.com. Or if your suggestion is 140 characters or less, tweet us at BrickHousePod. If you're Sam Hinkey listening to this, let me know where to send my resume. I know you don't have a job officially in the NBA yet, but maybe I can help with that. I did meet Becky Hammond and Shams Sharnaya yeah. at Summer League, so just saying. And guess what? Big news, Matt. If Lonzo and the Lakers can beat the Mavericks tonight in the Summer League semifinals, it's rumored, speculating, that Zoe is going to be wearing the official Brickhouse shoes for the Summer League championship game. We'll talk about that and much more next week on the next episode of Brickhouse. (laughs)